Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Nitika Chopra is the passionate, colorful, and inspirational voice behind YourBellaLife.com, the online lifestyle magazine she founded in 2009. Nitika believes that love and happiness are possible in every moment, and she has dedicated her life to helping others embrace this mindset. With Your Bella Life, Nitika's dream of empowering women to find affirmation in every moment is coming true. She's a certified life coach, a go-to resource for young women all over the globe, and a motivational lifestyle guru. I had the honor and the pleasure of speaking with her about her story and how she inspires women all over the world and what she's currently loving. She was such a dream and an incredible person, and I feel so honored to have had her as a guest on my podcast. Thanks for listening. You are a leading beauty and lifestyle expert and a self-love guru with um, a spicy Indian flair, which, which, is, which is awesome. I did say that, didn't I? You did. You yeah. did. You did. So tell us a little bit about what led you to becoming uh, a lifestyle expert, you know, and, and all the things that you're doing. I'll let you tell us a little bit about how you got into doing what you're doing? Sure. Well, you know, I got into doing what I'm doing really through, I think, a couple of different things, which one is, I always say, like, a lot of trial and error. Um, I used to just always have, I've always had a very big passion for being introspective, and I've also always really loved a sense of performance and, you know, wanting to have that as an aspect of my life. And um, I didn't really know how I was going to bridge those two worlds. Mm -hmm. So I tried a lot of things before I figured out what my right formula was going to be. But the reason why I started, you know, doing all of this and the reason why I felt like, oh, I have have something I want to say and I want to make sure I get it out there is because I just went through a lot of challenges growing up. I I, uh, had a pretty intense you know, health story that was a huge part of my upbringing and my life. And I just always felt like, you know, those different challenges that I had, although I'm not the only person that has been through hard times by any means, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm, you know, meant to share those lessons with other people because I don't know, I just felt that. I felt it from a very young age. I felt like I had a voice telling me, you know, that that was kind of my guiding force to be able to continue and be able to keep going was just thinking, okay, this isn't about me. Um, You're meant to share these things. And so when the time came, I couldn't wait to do that. Yeah. I mean, so much of your, your, not only just your story, but your, your mission is, you know, this, this sense of empowerment and, 
radical self-love with you know your your persona and just what you do as as a lifestyle expert so how so did you always know that that's what you wanted to do or obviously there's trials and tribulations as you said the trial and error uh, things mm-hmm. that have happened, but what, what were the pivotal moments in your life in, in your younger years to lead you to where you are now? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, as I said, I always really loved, um, you know, like I love performing. I just, I loved it so much, but I really didn't re- like, I didn't resonate with the kind of the vapid, um, myth of performing and mm-hmm. the entertainment industry. Um, I just felt like I would get eaten alive, you know, <laughs> like not survive um, if I tried to, you know, be in that industry because that's just so not uh, superficial or, you know, a shark or any of those things that you mm-hmm. hear about. Not everybody yeah. is like that, but that you kind of hear about. And so, yeah, so it was, you know, actually through a series of like lots of meditating and asking and I spent a long time um, in my mid-20s just being really confused about what I was meant to do because I had this kind of what felt like almost like a knocking on my heart, I would say. It was just like this energy or this essence being like, hello, your purpose is in here. Like, why haven't you, you know, opened us up yet? Like, we've been waiting, you know. And I just felt that so, so, so strongly. Yeah. Um, that it frustrated me for a long time. It didn't excite me. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is this? Why haven't I not figured it out yet? You know, all those different things. Yeah. So a pivotal moment was really, um, there's many, 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 but in terms of specifically around, you know, getting to the place of starting this particular business, I think Mm -hmm. one of the most pivotal moments was just realizing that I did have a purpose that was much bigger. Like when I was in my mid twenties, I think I really started to own that. Mm -hmm. And I spent honestly like weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, probably like, you know, a couple of years just meditating on and asking for clarity, you know, diving into curiosity around like what that could be. And so I think that was probably, you know, that was the biggest turning point for me when I finally embraced like okay this is going to be something I'm going to do something with my life I just have to figure out what it's going to look like and the camera and loves so you I, <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> but I do I always felt like you know from like not like a vanity perspective but like I love the thought of being able to love as many people as possible yeah. through the camera lens like it just feels like so powerful and exciting and uses like my best talents and all of that kind of stuff. So I meditated on that for a while and was wondering like, what is that? You know, like what kind of a job is that? I have no idea. Yeah. And at this time I'd gone through so many things in my life that I hadn't really had a big job before, even though I was like in my mid to late twenties, I had just kind of done smaller things. And it came to me really strongly, like it hit me like a brick over my head that I was meant to, my path was that I was meant to have a talk show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand why that was what was coming up because I had no money, no <laughs> network, no experience. I had no platform. I was like, okay, that's funny, universe, but I am not Ellen or Oprah, so I don't know how you expect me to do this. And it just, 
it was just like what was meant to be. And it kind of like possessed me and took over me for a while because I just got so clear that it was what I was meant to create. And that's how I created my first business, which was my online magazine, Bella Life. And that turned into my talk show that I eventually got um, three years in. And um, now I'm just at nitikachopra.com. But yeah, that was kind of, you know, what started the path. Well, tell us about what inspired your first business, because obviously this was during a time where you were paving that path and you were trying to like, you know, really hone in on what it is that you wanted to create for yourself. So tell us about how that got started. Yeah, it was really like, you know, um, because I knew I wanted to get a talk show and I knew that I wanted to have that, I kind of decided to work backwards. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, I don't have any money or network or experience, so what can I possibly do or create that, you know, would give me this goal that I'm looking for? And the only thing that I could think of was to build a platform. And I didn't really know even how to do that. I mean, I didn't know. I was barely posting on Facebook at this time. Like, I just didn't. You know, it was still when Facebook was just for, you know, catching up with a few old friends or right. something. I was barely posting on there. I didn't have a Twitter account. Like, I didn't know anything about this stuff. But I decided to try. And so I created this uh, online magazine. And I had the vision that the online magazine would be a representation of what my talk show could be. So I would have you know, content created by contributors that would be similar to the kinds of guests that I would want to have on my show. I would have content um, that would be similar to the kind of topics that we would cover on a show. And then I would have myself on video so people could see what I was like on the camera. So I like, yeah, that was basically it. <laughs> so I started my business from that feed. Wow. Yeah, and, and now you've created, you know, this empire that you have now as an entrepreneur, um, helping people, right? I mean, like, this is just, it's so mm -hmm. incredible, like, all the stuff that you're doing right now. Um, oh, you know, thanks. yeah, one of the things that, that I'm really curious to, to hear about is uh, the secret to making your dreams. So there's, mm -hmm. this is uh, something that you've been working on. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there's a few secrets, but I think the biggest one that I think is the most important is to allow yourself to play with your dreams. And I think, like, that I'm, you know, I feel this way because I'm a huge culprit when it comes to, like, taking things too seriously and, you know, just putting <laughs> a lot of pressure on myself and, you know, um, not letting myself play basically yeah um so I just find that it's really important um you know to let yourself play creatively and so one of the ways that I do that is through vision boards um I think I mean people think like a vision board is a vision board is a vision board but I actually like love to lay out some really specific tools and tricks to open yourself up to create something really special and unique and I think, like, it's just a tradition I've been doing for so long because it is one of those times where, you know what, who cares? Like, no one is going to see this if I don't want them to. 
I can just like dive into my favorite magazines, um, you know, or search things on the internet and allow my mind and my heart to just be totally wide open to whatever comes my way. And it's really a nice thing. It's like such a gift to be able to do that. And a lot of times I do vision board parties with my friends, um, which is really fun too. Yeah, because you end up supporting each other. And sometimes like I'll do a vision board and I'll be like timid or unsure or whatever. And, you know, your friends become your cheerleaders and your biggest fans. And so they're like, oh, my God, of course you can do that. Of course this can happen. And so that vibration and that energy of possibility and abundance and, you know, achieving your dreams is infused into this physical, tangible board, which is so exciting. Yeah. Um, so I find it to be like a huge win, a huge tool. And I think, you know, the more you can have fun, whether it's journaling and free writing about how amazing your life would be once you follow your dreams and achieve what you want or, you know, doing a vision board or something else, it's, it's really, you know, it's really a positive, powerful experience. How important do you think it is to have, or to be around like-minded individuals or to have like your tribe or your love entourage around, you know, while you're doing this? I feel like it is, you know, one of the, I mean, probably top three things that are like the most important in um, following your dreams Ooh. because, you know, I mean, you're going to have opposition and doubters and all of that, um, no matter who you are. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff is just common. And, you know, when we're following our dreams, we challenge, you know, other people's ability to follow their own dreams. And yeah. so that stuff comes up. Um, so I think it's really powerful to have, um, you know, a group of friends that you can count on that, you know, as I said, are like cheerleaders for you because that way... You know, when you're feeling down, they remind you. And also, like, you want to kind of create this energy bubble for yourself where your dreams can really grow. It's like it's like living in a greenhouse or something if you're yeah. a plant or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. You have the most conducive environment yeah. to making sure that, like, your dreams can grow. So definitely having loved ones and people around you, even if it's two people, like it doesn't mean that you have to have 75 people, but you know, if you can have even two people that you know you could count on and you could, you know, um, call when you're feeling like you're challenged and you're not sure how it's going to turn out or, you know, um, you want to share a win or something. It's so important. Yeah. I just actually, uh, not too long ago got the chance to talk to Simon Sinek, uh, who's, Uh you know, he's, an incredible speaker, you know, scientific, uh, leadership guru, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's so incredible. And he just wrote this book called together is better. And we were talking about exactly what you're saying, you know, like the, the Mm -hmm. idea of just having your people or having at least one other person really just be there to hold you like, and to, to just be there along with you while you're, you know, climbing these hurdles or, or, you know, trying to cultivate something new and powerful. How, how do you, what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe not in, in that position or has that support or perhaps is, is with a partner that doesn't fully support what they're trying to cultivate? You know, 
I mean, I would say Gandhi was totally on to something when he said, you know, feed the change you wish to see in the world, which mm-hmm. of course we've all heard that by now. And I think um, it can be very tempting to want to enroll everybody in your possibility. And, you know, I mean, I know firsthand, like, my parents were very skeptical and, like, fearful of me doing my own thing and starting my own business and, you know, just didn't understand how this could ever be anything or, you know, ever create any income or any of that kind of stuff, especially being immigrants, you know, I'm first generation. It's like Mm -hmm. just a very different mentality. And I think a lot of people struggle with that with their families too. And so there definitely were times when I would get sucked into conversations and try to like win them over or prove things to them. But I think for the most part, I have just accepted that, like, their fear is their fear, and it's not for me to, like, take on. Um, And I try to have compassion for their fear, and sometimes it's not very easy to do that, but I think over time you can start to see, like, I used to get so mad at my parents when they didn't, you know, jump up and down about (laughs) my career and about my dreams. But now, you know, and over the years, I've kind of been like, well, of course, like, this is terrifying for them. Like, it's, you know, hard and scary for me at times, too, but it's just as hard and scary for them in a lot of ways, you know. So the more I can have compassion for them and see, like, they're bringing their own stories and stuff to the table and they do just want the best for me, um, the more, like, I feel less pressure and I feel like I can kind of, you know, move forward and stay in my own lane, so to speak, and just kind of focus on what I need to focus on for my work and then just know that, like, they'll figure it out or get on board when, you know, your success is greater than their fear, (laughs) Right. you know? And so, like, we don't know how much that's going to be, but, like, until then, like, it's not your job. Like, your job is to work on your dreams. It's not to, like, convince everybody that your dreams are great. You know, and yeah. I actually, I stopped hanging out with a lot of people when I first started my business oh. um, because I had a lot of family friends that, you know, the Indian community is like very um, specific sometimes and they're just like not as, I mean, now it's very different, but this was like, you know, seven, eight years ago. And I feel like at the time, you know, this is all, this is all pretty new yeah. starting your own business and being an entrepreneur and an influencer and all that stuff. I had so many people that just, like, didn't get it and didn't think it was a viable thing and kind of looked, you know, down at what I was trying to do because they thought I was crazy or weird or it wasn't going to work. And I just kind of separated myself from them, Mm -hmm. you know? No hard feelings, but just, like, great. Like, so glad to know where you're at. I need to grow the stream, and I need to be around people that can support me as I grow it because I can't do this alone. So, um, yeah, it's challenging, it's uncomfortable, it's not very fun, but I think, you know, as you grow and you progress, you start to see that, like, that is one of the best ways for you to take care of yourself, and it works. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important what you're saying to just really be open to the idea of letting people that are not supportive just kind of, you know, not fall away, but just, you know, kind of begin to you know, sever ties a little bit or just give yourself a break from people that are going to sort of bog you down. You know, I, I you know, I I do some coaching and, um, 
for some of my students uh, and some of my coaching clients, I often, you know, tell them, I'm like, you know, it's, it's so important to be around like-minded people or people that are going to support you and that are going to make you feel, you know, more of a sense of empowerment, you know, within your own power. And when you're not feeling that and you're not feeling supported, that's going to make it even more challenging for you to, to cultivate that seed in that greenhouse. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's such a, such an important thing to begin to, you know, just observe and, and become aware of how do you begin to sort of guide people in, in this direction when, when they're not in a good place, especially if they're feeling sort of discouraged by the current state of their lives? Like, how do you begin to give someone that guidance? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing with, um, you know, being in a state of your life where things are really dark mm-hmm. is, I mean, a couple of things. One is to not compound the darkness with putting pressure on yourself to feel better. Um, that is a huge thing that I'm an advocate for, for sure, because I think, you know, in all the different phases of my life when I've really gone through something, um, you know, I'm I'm a goal-oriented person. I like to feel happy. I, you know, want to achieve happiness as often as I possibly can. Um, and so it's really, it, it became really easy for me to be, like, putting so much pressure on myself that I had to feel great all the time. And I think the first thing, you know, I would tell people is to just have, like, deep and tremendous compassion for yourself that you're going through something, Mm -hmm. you know, and the more we kind of just take a time out, I mean, there's so many times that, you know, I'm having a work day and I just notice that I'm like, just like, like, it's like I'm walking through mud or something. Like I'm Mm -hmm. trudging through my work day and it's just not going the way that I want it to. And it's just not like coming together the way that I want it to and all those different things. Um, And I just find that, you know, I end up um, feeling so much better and I end up getting so much more done if I just take some moments to love myself, to rest, to not push against it so much. Mm -hmm. I end up getting a lot more done. I end up getting a lot further. I think the other thing is like, you know, baby steps and like there's no miracle step. Um. So, you know, a lot of times in the self-help world, we'll hear things about, you know, like say this affirmation or, you know, your thoughts create your reality, which like creates a tremendous amount of guilt and responsibility with people sometimes (laughs) or, you know, like all these different nuances. And I think something that I'm such a huge advocate for, you know, because of my own life experience is like, you know, knowing that like that's absolute bullshit on some level because yes like there is a thread of truth in all of that and it's powerful but there's also you know what's happening in real time in this moment right now and so I think you know happiness and and moving forward and feeling good is honestly more about commitment to happiness than anything else Um, I think having that you know overall commitment like every time you wake up or you're, you know, getting something to eat or you're calling somebody or doing something for work, like, are you able to be just even a little bit more committed to your happiness, which means maybe you're listening to music that makes you happy while you're 
working or, you know, maybe you stop and take a break and call a friend during lunch because you want to make sure that you feel connected to your community. Or, you know, maybe you pamper yourself and go to the spa or get your nails done because you want to wrap your day in some love, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's about that every moment-to-moment commitment. And it's not about saying, oh, because I got my nails done, my whole life is going to be better, you know, and that's definitely not the message. But it's about saying, like, the more I commit to these small steps, the more I will see an overall change in my life for the better. Um, and so I think that's those are the main things that I talk about when I try to help someone who's going through a hard time. Mm, that's really – thank you for that. That's, that's great advice. I have a question for you from one of our mm-hmm. uh, listeners. There's – she wanted to know how you – if you, you know, you had a hard time with bullies and if you did, how would you deal with them? And if you ever had to deal with cyberbullying? Oh, yeah. So I never, I mean, so far have not had to deal with cyberbullying. I'm really grateful for that and hope that never happens. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, that's not totally true. I'm just remembering. I had a picture of mine posted on uh, ModCoff on their Instagram, mm-hmm. I had, like, taken a picture in, like, one of the Mod Pops bikinis, and they, like, regrammed it, and um, the comments were horrendous. Oh, no! <laughs> so bad. Yeah, and it's, really, oh, no. it's actually really interesting because oh. it's really funny because the comments were really bad, and then, like, a year later, which was, like, just a few months ago, there was this glitch in Instagram where it all of a sudden retagged every single person in my picture. And so it retagged the mod cloth picture and then they reposted it again. And the funny thing is, is that the second time they posted it, all the comments were beautiful and amazing and like so sweet. Mm. But (laughs) the first time, they weren't. And I mean, there were obviously a lot of really nice comments, but there was like, there was like a whole war going on in the comments about like whether or not I was fat. Like that was literally. (laughs) Wow. And, um, wow. Yeah. And it was horrifying at first. I mean, it was not fun. Yeah. But I have to say like the thing that helped me and this is something, you know, speaking about like bullying when I was younger, I was bullied so much when I was younger. I mean, for as long as I can remember from, you know, starting in fourth grade to up to, you know, like definitely going into college. Like oh, it wow. just was prevalent for a very long time. And um, the difference I will say about the two experiences when I was younger and this experience is that when the mod cloth thing happened, I felt it initially, but ultimately like within a few hours actually, I kind of started to laugh about it and, like, genuinely didn't care, which is not something that I would normally feel as a child. I cared Mm. so much when I was younger. It hurt me on such a deep, deep level. Mm. I felt it so deeply. So I get that feeling when it just, like, it literally breaks your heart when you're, you know, just being yourself and then somebody comes and tears you down just because they feel they can. so, so, so heartbreaking. And um, I think the reason why I was able to laugh it off as I've gotten older is because I really know myself. 
right now. So to me, that is the greatest weapon for bullying is like really know yourself, know who you are to the point of, you know, you can tell me, oh, you know, you're so manipulative or you're so this or something. And I can literally be like, I am nothing close to that. Like that is not at all who I am. And I can say it with confidence because I know myself so well. So to me, you know, those practices of like figuring out who you really are, what's really beautiful about you, what's great about you. Like I looked at the picture of me in my bikini and I've always been curvy, but I saw that picture and my truth was that body has been through so much. Mm. And that was my truth. So like someone saying it was fat or it wasn't, you know, small enough or whatever, I honestly didn't affect me because I was like, yeah, okay, but you also have no idea what she's been through. Yeah. You have absolutely no idea. You know, so it was very empowering in a lot of ways because um, I could see how far I had come. If that had happened five, ten years ago, I mean, that there's no way I would have, you know, walked away feeling ecstatic. <laughs> like, it's yeah. taken, uh, you know, a lot of work. And, and again, that word commitment, it takes, it takes commitment to know yourself at that level in a way that's actually healing and helpful. Yeah, well, I think it just takes us back to, to that feeling of, you know, going back to radical self-love, you know, or like mm-hmm. being able to, to feel confident in your own skin. And I think that especially now with the way that we've shifted to more of a visual connection with people through social media, it's it's a little bit more challenging, especially for younger girls. You know, I, I talked to Catherine Budig, who's, a, you know, one of the biggest yoga teachers now, you know, mm-hmm. she's incredible. I, I had her on and, um, and she's a, a dear friend. And, you know, this is something that we, we've taught. It's an ongoing conversation, you know, just how, you know, we can post a certain picture and get different type of feedback than you would, uh, you know, something a little bit more revealing or not, you know, and I think at the end of the day, it, you know, it, it shouldn't matter because, what matters most is, is how you feel in your own skin and, and knowing that there isn't an archetype for yourself. Like we are all Mm -hmm. individual, like everyone has different bodies and we should just appreciate that body for what it is. And and it's perfect just the way it is, you know, like I have no issue with, you know, especially as, as a health coach, you know, like I, I love to eat healthy. I, I always have, you know, my students and my clients like eating really great foods, but about your body, like you got to nourish and love your temple. Like it takes you mm-hmm. where you need to go. And, you know, we need to be able to to give ourselves that loving feedback because if we don't, then your body is going to react. It's going to create contraction. And then all of a sudden it's going to create disease and it's going to create anxiety and it's going to create all of these things, you know, um, so, yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying is, is really beautiful. And I think it's so unfortunate that we're at a place now where some random person from the comfort of wherever they are can post a nasty comment. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. that still it drives me so crazy because, I mean, I see it on articles that I read, just news articles, you know, that I try and stay off of the news outlets as much as I can, but you know, I like to know what's going on. So, and sometimes I'm, you know, it's like you, you try to just see what people are saying, like 
you know, in the comment sections and I'm like, oh my God, I just really, you guys, like, I just, it, it just boggles my mind how, you know, some people can, can really just say some, some awful things. (laughs) I know. I know. That's where that whole sending them love thing comes into play. Well, yeah. And you know, this is something that, that I talk about is like what you, what you say, or like when you throw negativity out in the world or when you hate something or when you have serious disdain for something, it says more about you than it does about the actual thing or the person, you know? Like when, when, if I say I hate something, it says more about me than it does about that. Right. It's like, so people need to be able to sort of have that awareness and that self-reflection to be able to acknowledge whatever that is that's, that's going on within them and, and change it around, you know, do that, Mm -hmm. that opposing force. So you work with, with a lot of people, uh, you know, with those same, those same sort of issues, you know, um, tell us a little bit about how you work as, do you work as a coach or how do you, how do you, uh, do these, these types of like seminars for, for people? Yeah. So, I mean, I work with people in a bunch of different ways. Um, I do a virtual and in-person um, love entourage program, which is really great. And, um, we're in the middle of our first and our, of our, uh, current one right now, but we're going to be launching another one probably in March, which will be really great, oh, cool. uh, of 2017. And then, um, you know, I also, um, do a lot of work just through my blog, even mm-hmm. like, you know, working on content and videos and interviews and stuff like that, that I can really use to help shape these conversations and help people forward things in their lives um, more than, you know, just the average kind of uh, generic share. I try to really go deep and be vulnerable um, in a way that's going to really impact and help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have events, like live events. I'm actually thinking about having them be, you know, not just in New York City. I've been doing the New York City events for seven years now. So, um, I'm thinking about, you know, how I can branch those out and, and have them be across country. But for right now, um, yeah, I do live events in New York City and it's really awesome and, you know, different ones, everything from self-love panels to, um, celebrations that, um, are just about celebrating and having fun. So yeah, those are all the different ways. What currently is inspiring you? Um, what currently is inspiring me? You know, I think, um, with what's at stake in the world right now, I think that what's inspiring me is like to be more vulnerable and raw in my honesty than I've like ever been like willing or able to do before. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like that's my tool, whereas like other people's tools, you know, might be marching in a you know specific activist march or you know, helping sign petitions or doing other things. I just feel like, you know, one of my tools is, is to be honest and to be vulnerable in a way that hopefully inspires other people to be more vulnerable in their lives. And um, so I've just been digging really deep um, in that conversation of vulnerability so that I can hopefully contribute to some sort of positive change with everything that's going on. Yeah. 
uh, in this world because I think, you know, we all, including myself, really need that right now. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of your your articles and a lot of the work that you do, it's, it, there's huge importance on authenticity and and meaning and, and just that feeling of, of uh, self-love. So how important is it, do you think, to be vulnerable? I mean, I think vulnerability is literally the key to, like, everything. Mm-hmm. I think the more you can be vulnerable in your work, um, you know, with yourself in regards to, like, how well you take care of yourself and either your health and your relationships, um, like, it just opens up everything. And chances are, you know, I was doing an interview earlier today, and this girl and I have known each other for a while, but, like, we haven't caught up in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was doing this interview, and I was kind of, like, in a weird headspace, and she was in a totally weird headspace. And, you know, before starting the video, we just, like, got honest with each other. We're like, yeah, this has been so weird. This has been so uncomfortable. <sighs> You know, this has been changing so much. And I was like, oh, you too? I was like, okay. And it just, like, it it allows other people to know that they're not alone. It's really an, a loving act for yourself and for others, you know, all at the same time. So I just think vulnerability, trust me, it's honestly the thing that I am often the most scared of, which I think people will find surprising considering I practice it so often. Yeah. But I it's like I challenge myself to be vulnerable. It's not like I'm, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share my whole soul with everybody. <laughs> it's not like that. It's like I know that I have to share my soul because it's the only way that I can really, you know, affect change. And so I do it, you know, even when it's hard. Yeah. What is your, sp- yeah. what is your spiritual practice like? My spiritual practice is, you know, something that's, like, really intertwined into my everyday. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like to talk to God as often as possible. I think um, I feel the best in my life when I feel like God is my best friend and we're just hanging out all day. Um, so I try to, you know, find ways for me to access that. So oftentimes that is starting the day off with some meditation, even if it's five minutes, like just kind of centering Myself and my center, my core, my truth, it really does make a difference. And, um, you know, I also, I mean, I pray, I try to pray, you know, every day, if not multiple times a day. Um, And I think, you know, I I think my relationships are honestly part of my spiritual practice. It's like filling myself up and getting inspired by people who are doing amazing things. Um, You know, I think that always reminds me that God is, is right there with me and is closer than I might think sometimes. Wow. That's beautiful. Thanks, Nitika. What, what sort of daily rituals can you recommend for our listeners to sort of begin to get on that path of creating something really meaningful and really purposeful? Yeah, well, I have, um, actually on my website, I have, um, uh, daily morning and night rituals, like free guide. So they can definitely download that and it goes into like, you know, complete explanation about everything. Um, but I think, you know, just finding a way to bookend your day and night is really powerful and it can really be anything that you want. So for me, um, like music in the morning has always been really good and I love like listening to 
some really sweet, like, soulful, spiritual music just while I'm cleaning and getting my day started. Um, and I also feel like skincare and beauty um, has always been really great in terms of, like, nighttime especially, like putting on face masks or, you know, indulging in some good serums and, you know, things like that that might seem insignificant, but I really try to infuse, like, purpose into them and just, like, use it as time to connect with my skin and connect with myself and check in about how my day was um, just internally. So it's become a ritual. So those are just a couple of the things I do. But, again, I have a free guide if people want to download it that, you know, kind of walks through, like, five or six things for morning and night. Oh, that's so great. So just to to finish up, I don't want to take too much more of your Mm -hmm. time. So just uh, a few more things. But for people that want to get a little bit more information, where should they go for that? Sure, yeah. So you can go to my website. It's nitika.com, sorry. Totally just said my wrong URL. You're trying to to change it to the one word. (laughs) It's just Nitika now. NitikaChopra.com, yeah. And it's N-I-T-I-K-A. Most people switch the T and the K and say Nikita by accident, but it's NitikaChopra.com. And on that site, um, there's an offerings tab, and there's, um, you know, all the offerings are are there for the free guide and, and all that stuff. I also have a free psoriasis. Uh, guide to for people who need to learn how to let themselves drive so if some of your girls are struggling with that by any chance yeah um yeah okay that's great we'll have all your your stuff uh linked up on uh my website on uh the show notes for this podcast so people can always just go on there and and click to to go to your site as well um so Before we wrap up, I want to say thank you Uh so much for all the work that you're doing in the world, Nitika. You're just incredible, and you're very empowering for millions of women around the world who are watching you and are part of your tribe. So thank you so much for just being who you are and being honest and being open and just showing us the way. So thank you for that. And, sure. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. What? Um, the final question I'd like to ask you is, what do you radically mm-hmm. love? Just in life? Yeah, whatever. Anything. What do I radically love? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this is such a weird answer, but I'm fostering a dog right now, and I love dogs. <gasps> Why is that I a weird? Dogs. That's so great. <laughs> like, I know, it's just so, so it's just it has nothing to do with my business or anything, but I I love dogs so much, um, and I actually feel like I mean this little girl she's just so sweet and um, yeah it's the first dog I've ever fostered. I used to have a dog of my own, and, and this is the first foster dog I've ever had, and I love dogs so much. They're so great. Is so, that the the little yeah. terrier that is that the terrier that you posted on, on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, she's yeah, I so want cute. someone great to adopt her because she's just so wonderful. She's so, so great. She may end up staying. I know. I, I don't <laughs> think I can handle it right now, but I'm I'm hoping that someone really great adopts her because she's really worth it. She's so awesome. Well, that's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and for, you know, sharing a little bit about you. I mean, it's so hard to try and really get into like the depths of who you are, but at least it let us scratch the surface and made us a little bit more curious. So thank you so much. Yeah, um, totally. 
Hey everyone, thanks for listening. For more information, visit www.radicallylove.com forward slash podcast to read all about today's guests or past guests. You can click on any of the links or for more information, you can always follow me on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or Twitter at Rosie Acosta and let us know what you thought.